This is Bucks First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Ted Cruz, how dare he? How dare he? This is supposed to be one of the biggest news stories in the country right now, and it's an example of, of so many things. It's a, it's a silly story that is being made into something not silly at all. It's being used for reasons that we do have to address, and we will. Here's the long and the short of it. The senator from Texas went for a brief, I think, two-day trip to the Ritz-Carlton in Cancun, Mexico, which is not all that far from Houston. He, he went for a trip to Mexico to get a, a, away from the, the cold and the, the terrible storm and the power outages and the freezing temperatures and everything that have been in Texas. Now, if he were the governor of Texas, if he were the mayor of Houston, if he were a state senator or assemblyman or whatever, if he were the local dog catcher, I might understand people viewing this as some kind of dereliction of duty. He's a United States senator. His power is all based in the federal government in D.C. What exactly is the awful crime here? I'm seeing Republicans that are piling on. Does it look good? No, it doesn't look good. I understand the optics of this are, you know, you you stand with your people as a politician. But some of us recognize that that's also just not true. Politicians actually live in mansions. They fly private. They, they, they don't really suffer the way the rest of us suffer. As much as they pretend they do, they don't. We're all going to have big boy and big girl conversations about this because that's how we roll on this show. Okay, whether it's Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry, or Ted Cruz, or Mitt Romney, or Donald Trump, they're not dealing with the same old nonsense you and I are day in and day out. So we, we shouldn't... We shouldn't allow anyone to go through the pretense that, that that's not uh, what's happening here. Okay. Oh, the other thing is they said that he left the poodle. Now, look, you guys know I love dogs. I love dogs. Uh, but the poodle was apparently tended by a guard at their fancy part of uh, fancy house in a part of Houston. So there was someone there to tend to the poodle. And I believe on the day in question, the weather was more like in the 40s. So as long as the poodle's indoors, it probably would be just fine. There's someone there to watch, I, I, I think. I'm sure the cruises didn't want to leave their poodle to, to freeze, but that got a lot of attention, too. People were tweeting at PETA and saying this is animal cruelty. <sighs> so why am I telling you about this? Why are we even talking about it? There are two things going on here. One, and, and this is... A lesser issue, but one that I, I, I think we still need to spend some time on. Why do Republicans still think that, that, that it's worth throwing their own under the bus for a pat on the head from the libs, even when it's obvious that it's a, a political thing that's playing out? Why do Republicans still take the position? You know, if we just throw if we just throw Ted Cruz under the bus on this one, we're going to look like people who have principles. Why didn't the Democrats do that? You think the Democrats call out, you know, John Kerry for his hypocrisy when he flies private to go get an award at a climate change conference? No, we have to do that. They don't eat their own. We leave. We, we somehow think that that's a, a strategy that's going to be effective. And I, I don't know what is accomplished by this. Re Republicans need to understand 
the game they're in, the battle they're in right now. The other side, the Democrat Party, is trying to destroy the GOP. They're trying to make it a permanent minority. They're trying to make sure that the GOP in my lifetime never has power again. They're making structural changes to our system, to our country, to our demographics. They are going for it. That's what's happening right now. And we think that we're going to, what, curry favor with them? We're going to, to get some good faith because we decide that Ted Cruz going to Cancun for a couple of days doesn't look good? I mean, did he break a law? Is there any ethics violation? Did he? No, I don't think so. Is there some rule that I'm not aware of that you have to stay in place when there's essentially a natural disaster? I mean, that's what's happening in Texas. This is a this this ice storm, this uh, this extreme temperature, extreme freeze is like a natural disaster. Are you supposed to stay in place just because you're a member of the federal government? You're supposed to stay wherever you are. I mean, I, I wonder, really, is that the new rule? I, I also think it's, it's funny that there are so many people in the news media, specifically in New York, who are jumping all over Ted Cruz on this one. And I know that they went out to the Hamptons, which is one of the ritziest, most expensive, fanciest places in the whole country. They went out to the Hamptons. Oh, yes. When COVID was ravaging New York and when BLM rioters that they were encouraging were terrifying this city and acting like total barbarians on the streets, destroying windows, looting stores. When Antifa was going block to block, engaged in destruction and intimidation like the vandals they are. There were all these very wealthy libs who are all in favor of justice, of social justice. And they went right out to the Hamptons which is about a two-hour drive from New York City out to the beach. There are beautiful mansions there. They didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's right. That's what they did. But were they, were they supposed to sit and suffer with all the rest of us during a, a global pandemic? Uh, they didn't think so. But Ted Cruz is the bad guy. That's one part of it. So Republicans, stop throwing other Republicans under the bus and thinking you're going to get something out of it from the other side. They laugh at you. I actually think that Ted Cruz deserves criticism here for one thing and one thing only. Apologizing. Why? What is he apologizing for? What did he do wrong? I mean, maybe you could say that they should have made sure that little frou-frou or whatever, the doggy, was nice and warm and safe. But they don't have to stay in Houston while there's there's an extreme temperature situation there, that, that's not a requirement. And I know it's you could say it's not fair and maybe it's better to stay with your people and stick it out with them and everything else. But. A lot of things are not fair. You know, I could tell you this. There are plenty of times when I wish that I had a, a house to go to a place in the Berkshires or a place in Florida or something. When the pandemic was ravaging New York City, I was stuck here. I was here the whole time. While everyone was watching hospital ships floating up the river and hospital tents getting set up in the park where I grew up playing sports, Central Park here in New York. There was no sense of everyone has to stay. You had 400,000 people fled New York City. Everybody who could get out got out. But 
Ted Cruz in Cancun. That's the real problem. You know what the bigger issue is here, though? And I, I'm backloading this a little bit. I should have gotten to this sooner, but <laughs> the bigger issue here is how the media seizes on this, and it is a great distraction technique because they've trained their audience. They have the, the libs, the Democrats have been trained that that Trump hatred is their daily intellectual diet. Right. What are they fed by the news media? Trump hatred. Trump is awful. Trump supporters are terrible. And that's more difficult to manufacture now that he's not president anymore. Down in Florida, playing golf, hanging out. But Ted Cruz is one of the next best options they can come up with. So this allows them to focus on Ted Cruz. This is all about distraction. Focus on Ted so you don't focus on, oh, gee, I don't know. The Cuomo disaster, which keeps getting worse all the time. Governor Cuomo in New York now has a there's there's a watchdog group that's making an allegation. I mean, they have an analysis. They have the data that says that Cuomo caused hundreds, maybe even a thousand people to die in nursing homes who would not have were it not for his order to send covid positive patients into nursing homes. That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? This is the Democrats hero of the pandemic. Really second only to Fauci. And we're not giving up until we expose the truth about that little tyrant. Uh, but there, there are other stories, too, they don't want to focus on. What's going on at the border right now? What's the Biden administration planning for immigration policy in this country? Well, effectively, that there will be no immigration enforcement. That the border will be de facto open. That's what's actually happening. That's what's actually going on. They don't want you thinking about that. They don't want you talking about it. Uh, they'd rather have you focused on Ted Cruz. When do we get to reopen the country? Why can't we just go back to normal life after we've been vaccinated? Someone want to explain that? that anyone really want to? Oh, because of the, there's still a possibility. It's a very small one. So now we're not allowed to, we're not allowed to be free of the COVID mitigation stupidities and tyrannies because there's a very, very small possibility of a bad thing happening. These are the real issues right now. These are the real things that are going on. And also, I think the increasing recognition that anyone paying attention is having that Joe Biden wasn't up for this job before he became president, and he's not up for this job since he became president. And the institutional left, the apparatus of the Democrat Party around him is really calling the shots, and it is a progressive lunatic party that's why you have this green new deal push that's why you have the open borders activity that's where all this is coming from and biden's just gonna rubber stamp it he's just along for the ride just you know give him a sippy cup throw a blanket over his knees and tell him that we'll get him some mittens if his hands are cold this is the buck sexton show podcast follow buck on facebook instagram and twitter why forward a farce. Now that takes us uh, to a farce in full effect. Flying Ted Cruz. He's been totally shamed, exposed for going full Trump. That means lying about leaving Texas for Mexico to avoid the cold and avoid his duty to the Texans he serves, and then denying what he obviously did, despite tonight being outed by his wife. What is going on here? You have the brother 
of the COVID tyrant of New York going on TV, calling out Ted Cruz. Now, I understand. Look, I don't care what my job is. I don't care what money's on the table. I don't care about it. I, I, I would never, never publicly criticize one of my brothers, one of my family members. So I actually can I actually can can handle that. OK, I can. But I don't think anybody who's watching Chris Cuomo can come away from this thinking anything other than, OK, so this guy is going to make a big deal. He's going to do the whole pearl clutching and performative outrage over Ted Cruz going on a family getaway to Cancun. Uh, and and yet he's not going to talk about the fact, and I understand why, but it does affect the credibility of him as a newsman that his brother was the worst COVID disaster in terms of leadership in the entire country of the last 12 months. No question. The guy that he was having on for like a variety show and they had the big, uh, you know, the big thing to put it in the nostril or whatever. Remember that? It was all ha ha. This is while COVID was killing thousands and thousands of people in New York. And this is one of the, 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 the constructs the left would always deploy. If, they, if you started talking about something while Trump was, was in office, you started talking about anything that they didn't want to talk about or they didn't like, it was, oh, you're going you're gonna to discuss, you know, how Trump got a hole in one of the golf course while people are dying of COVID. That was always the construct. Right. The same thing that CNN would do, which is the, the big, you know, blasting the number of deaths, the number of deaths on, on the screen every day for COVID. And then when Biden comes into office, eh, we can settle that down a little bit. I think they've had it back sometimes here and there, but it's not the same. I mean, they really were trying to make it seem like we were living through the movie 28 days later. I don't know if you've seen that, but just terrify everybody. We're living through a horror film because of of Donald Trump. And and here's what I'm I'm not going to let this go. There is nothing that Joe Biden has done that has made anything better. There's not a single decision you can point to with regard to COVID. Remember the 100 days of masking? We're going to have, a, we're gonna have 100 days of masking, and I'm going to do it. We're going to mask for 100 days. That's, that's, that's putting on a mask, no joke. For not 10 days, not, not 50, 100 days of masking. Good old Joe Biden's going to do. We're going to listen to science for 100 days. I don't know what we're going to listen to on the 101st day. Something else. Maybe a nice jazz tune. I don't know. Nothing he has done since becoming president. Can you point to and say, oh, wow, that really has made things better. They've really improved. They've really made us safer. Uh, no, in fact, if anything, you can look at it and say that they are always having to lower the bar. They're always having to convince people that they're doing a better job than they did. Right. Or they're doing a better job than they are. They're in the perception management game, not the stopping covid game. Look, the, the experts, they don't want you to think about this. They don't want you to come to the very obvious conclusion the people who told you that putting us all through misery, all this anxiety, all this stuff, the people who told you that that was going to save a lot of lives lied and they were wrong. That's it. Lockdowns failed. It's not just me saying it now. It's Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. It's people who have seen the numbers, who have had to make the big decisions. Lockdowns failed. Failed. Now, they can argue until they're blue in the face on, on the lockdowner side about how, oh, you know, the numbers would have been so much higher. Yeah, 
Look around at, 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 at what's going on. Look at different states. Look at the timelines, mask mandate, business closures. How, how did it make any difference whatsoever? We had months and months and months of lead time with all kinds of social distancing and mitigation, everything in place. And then we just had right on schedule an explosion of cases during the winter season, as was always the concern. And now here we are. Seventy percent. You got new cases down. Seventy percent last month. It's going away. It's going away. It's not gone. We're not safe and all that stuff. Right. I'm not saying that this is uh, this is no longer a concern. But it is, I mean, if something drops 70% and keeps going down and down and down, isn't it, isn't it accurate to say it's going away? I don't know how long, but now we have to have the fight with them about we need to go back to normal life. No more masking, no more social distancing. We need to have an agreement as a society. Enough is enough. We are going to live our lives again. We're going to be normal human beings again. We're not going to let... These abject morons who have been in charge for so long and who have been terrifying everybody and who get everything wrong. Fauci's the best example, but there are thousands of them across the country. We're not going to let them continue to just be in a constant state of panic and fear. And oh, my God. No, we want our lives back. Enough. The little petty totalitarians running around uh, should be ashamed, ashamed of what they've done to this country, ashamed of how wrong they've been. You know, I haven't gotten any and not a single apology from all the people who said you just want the children to die in schools. You're just you're undermining masking by saying they're going to double mask. These are all things people come at me with. No, I was just right. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Unless we hold those responsible accountable for, for what they did and. Yes, that means Donald Trump, but it also means the junior senator from the state of Texas, who I understand is vacationing in Cancun right now, where pe- when people are literally freezing to death in the state that he was elected to represent and serve. When, when Ted Cruz helps to incite that sedition, seeks to overturn a lawfully, legitimately, democratically decided election, he is just as culpable for the, the insurrection, the coup attempt, the deaths, including of Capitol Police officers who are trying to defend his life and the lives of others who serve in in our Capitol. If these folks are not held accountable, Ted Cruz is not expelled, he's not forced to resign, then what you have done is you have set the precedent that it is okay to try to overturn an election, to try to overturn our government. And the proudest democracy on the face of the planet will become a memory if we do not fight for it right now. One of the things you can always say for good old Ted Cruz, one of the one of the things that you can always remember, and 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 I think it's it speaks very well um, in his favor. Is all the right people despise him. I mean, Ted gets the libs angry, hot and bothered, upset. He, he gets them. Into a fit of rage, really second only to Trump himself and maybe some members of his immediate family, maybe Donald Trump Jr., but they hate Ted Cruz. They hate him. So that's a good thing for for Ted from my perspective in that it means, all right, he's definitely above the target. That's why there's so much flack going in his direction. 
Yeah, do, do the optics look good of, of leaving your city to go to Cancun with, with your kids and the family to the Ritz-Carlton for, a, you know, for a weekend while your city's going through a terrible storm and people have lost power? Yeah, I, I understand that in politics, these things, these things are considerations that people in, in positions of authority have. Did he do anything wrong, though? Is, is he a bad guy? I mean, I'm going to tell you this right now. I, I you know, I, I, I love New York City. Uh, if I could have gotten out of here, let's say the weekend of Hurricane Sandy and avoided the blackouts that affected my my apartment, my home, and I, I probably would have done it. Right. What, what are you supposed to do? Are the people when there's a hurricane coming who their cars line up for miles and miles on the highway because they're trying to get away from the hurricane? Are, are they being selfish? No, they're taking care of themselves, which they should do. Right. In fact, it make, as you all know, it's even more than that. It makes it easier for first responders to have less people to have to tend to or worry about, you know, and, you know, evacuating an area means that it's, it's easier for the emergency services to focus on certain things that they have to. And, you know, this is so it's even more than that. But I'm just making the point. What, what is it? I mean, it, it makes things better. I mean, Ted Cruz has a phone. He has email. He can do what he's doing there. You know, if you're a state representative or a city representative, I think that's an additional level. I think there's something beyond. But I mean, if you're a, you know, what is this? What does this really mean? If you're the secretary of housing and, and urban development and D.C. is about to get hit with a really bad storm, are you supposed to just stay in D.C. or are you allowed to leave? I, I don't I mean, I don't I, look, and I understand there's tremendous suffering going on in Texas, but Ted Cruz staying in Texas doesn't doesn't help anybody. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm missing something. But I, I do know that they they wanted my, my point here is really that they want to destroy him. And that speaks well to how useful he is against the left. Uh, clearly, Ted Cruz is worthwhile in many respects. But the fact that he upsets people like Beto, Beto who married into a family that's worth like a couple hundred million dollars, but he understands the struggle. And he he completely believes in our constitutional democracy and how important and powerful it is that we represent the the will of like the Vox Populi. And now I want to write a song that I I I'm going to play on my guitar for you. And yeah, that's better. I, I think I said a long time ago that Beto O'Rourke, you can just tell. He's the guy in college who was always pretending to be friends with your girlfriend and then was always the moment you were going to get a drink or something, pulling out his guitar to be like, I just I'm feeling really sensitive right now. And I wanted to share this with you. That's Beto O'Rourke. I can't believe it. His name is Bobby. It's Bobby O'Rourke, everybody. It's, a, it's, a, it's an Irishman pretending to be. A, a, a pseudo Mexican. That's what you have with Beto O'Rourke. And at least the, at least the Democrats didn't go for this guy. I never forget the Vanity Fair cover because I'm like handsome and everyone like just I was born for this. Sure you were, buddy. Sure you were. I, I, I've been saying this for a long time and I want everyone to remember it. Put this in put this in your mind in a place where you're just it's going to come easily to you. Uh. You always got to know that our political class is mostly a bunch of unimpressive, unimpressive, selfish fools. 
who care more about CNN hits and book deals than public service. And the moment you recognize that, everything starts to make more sense. These people don't care about you. Beto O'Rourke doesn't care about you. And look, I think that there are politicians who care about the country. You know, I think, I think Ted Cruz cares about America being a constitutional rule of law republic that is the greatest country of all time. I, I do believe he cares about that and, and loves it the way it is now, not loves the vision of the country that he would create if he, say, were the president like the, some of these Democrats would. Uh, but no, do I think that Ted Cruz sits around worried about every individual person? This is, this is a fallacy. This is a fallacy. And this is a fallacy that has played out all through the COVID lockdowns. These government officials, they don't really care about you. They care about themselves. They don't actually care about you. Right? They do things and they respond to public pressure, but ultimately it's about them. You know, whether, whether you live or die, whether you freeze or stay warm, they don't really care. I'm just telling you the truth. It, it's just numbers on a page to them. That's why accountability is so necessary. That's why the public pressure that comes as a result of failure that results in the loss of lives, for example, that, that Governor Cuomo had is so necessary. He's not going to bed at night. I, I, I assure you, Governor Cuomo is not going to sleep at night distraught over the loss of New Yorkers from, from his, not just from COVID, but from his nursing home order. Not once. He tells himself, I, I know this, this narcissistic, self-obsessed mentality. I've come across it many times. It's actually very common in media, to be, to be honest with you. A lot of those people. Uh, a lot of people walking around thinking uh, they're amazing. But uh, he goes to sleep at night thinking that he did a great job and that, you know, to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs. And even if mistakes were made, he's still awesome. And he's to be praised, actually, for what he's done. You know, that's that's his attitude. I can assure you has feels no remorse. No sense of uh, no sense of real responsibility of any personal responsibility whatsoever for any of these things that have happened. So I've I've got to tell you, it's uh, amazing to watch all this amazing to watch all this stuff play out. Here's a, a New York Times reporter. Uh, this guy's he's a, he's a smug little fellow, but he's one of the better writers over there that, that you'll you'll come across. I know. I know some of them. Look, there are plenty of bright liberals. They're just wrong and have bad judgment and suffer from internal deficiencies of character. That's really the problem with so many liberals. You know, they, they're, they're great at, you know, great at uh, multivariable calculus and they have big vocabularies and they've checked all the right boxes to go to the right institutions. Um, but they're all, I got to listen to Fauci. Uh, you know, there's just, there's something lacking. There's some core courage that is absent in the, in the liberal mentality and the liberal mindset obviously not for everybody but it's a common thing and anyway here's uh here's this guy talking about the the great bully andrew cuomo you know it's fascinating nicole uh you know if you looked at the first nine or eight years of his career in the governor's office you would be hard pressed to find any official in the state voicing any public criticism of this man people were afraid of him he held a grudge. He was very smart. He was very effective. And if you crossed him, um, he would pay you back. 
there are a lot of politicians in New York who can tell you off the record about a similar conversation that they've had with him over the years, and more than a few reporters. So the fact that this is coming out, that there are lawmakers in his own party who feel compelled and empowered to speak out and challenge him is itself a fascinating development and one that points to the intensity of this moment and this crisis and, frankly, the concerns people have, which I think are legitimate, about how the governor handled the nursing home deaths in the middle of a pandemic. So he's actually a bully. Everybody knows it. He's always been a bully. He's a bad guy. And he was allowed to get away with this nursing home catastrophe because Democrats lack what were we just saying? Lack internal character. The Democrats in charge were scared of this guy. They didn't like him. And look, he's just the governor of New York. I mean, I know that's that's some authority in one state, but he's not. This isn't Genghis Khan. He's not going to show up and burn down your whole village and impale everybody on stakes. Like, calm down, right? Not that big a deal, but terrified of him. Terrified of Governor Cuomo. Oh, OK. I thought he was a hero. I thought we should all tear up about what a great job he did defeating the menace of COVID. You mean that was all BS, huh? You mean that was all nonsense? Yeah. But the media took some took some time to figure that out. It wasn't easy for them to get to that that point. Um, and what had to happen here was that Donald Trump had to lose first. Notice that it's 2021 and we're finding out how many enormous lies were told in 2020 in order to make sure that Joe Biden would win the election. Whatever they had to say, whatever they had to do, they were willing to do. And sadly, that dishonesty has paid off for them so far. You're in the Freedom Hut. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest from Buck at BuckSexton.com. Well, I think there's two issues. One is... How do we get them back? I think the good thing that President Biden has done is he's pushing. He's pushing. He's asking the right questions. He's setting deadlines and he's mobilizing agencies like the CDC to issue guidance. Guidance that then Senator Kamala Harris and I called for back in the summertime. The other part of this, though, that I think we're not planning enough is about what's going to happen when they do all go back to school. And that's where Senator Michael Bennett from Colorado and I have authored a letter to the Department of Education pointing out to them that we can't just put kids back in school as if their learning and social and emotional development has not been severely interrupted. And this problem is particularly acute with regard to math and science education. So it's a workforce issue and a workforce development issue as well. Always be on guard for libs who want to hide in an argument in, in, in undue complexity. Right. I, I've always told you, beware, be wary of bureaucrats who hide in the flabby folds of the bureaucracy and nobody's really accountable for anything and nobody really makes any actual decision. But somehow the bureaucracy does make decisions as a whole and they can be really bad and have a negative impact on a lot of people's lives. When, whenever you're hearing any Democrats these days talking about school reopen, you'll notice it just turns into, you know, Biden. First of all, this is this is representative. Um, uh, I, I Katie Porter. And, uh, you know, what she's saying here is is absurd. Biden's not pushing for anything. He can just say open the schools. Full stop. And then he, pushing would be, hey, guys, we can't look like we're owned by the teachers unions at the expense of kids, because that's what's true. 
We can't have that. That looks bad. So open the schools now, please. I'm I'm the leader of the party. I'm Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden. I'm the leader of the party, man. I yell. You know, I yell. I read off the prompter. I start to get tired. It's time to feed the ducks. And anyway, he could really push them, but he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, the, the whole it's really complicated. We can't just put kids back in school, as Katie Porter says. Wrong. You can because plenty of schools have already done it. They've already done it. And it's fine. This is what there's no argument. There's, there's no discussion anymore. This is just people who are just babbling, babbling. This is covid anxiety and teachers union power grab combined. That's all it is. But, 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 but what about what about what about? No. Open the schools, all of them, all across the country. Isn't it remarkable when you when you think about it's right there for Joe Biden. It's right there. All he has to do is get Democrats to stop being crazy. Agree that once you're vaccinated, there's no no basis to make you social distance or lockdown anymore or or mask up. That's that's completely unreasonable and agree that, you know, once cases get down to less than five thousand a day, whatever it is across the nation and are on a, a continued downward trajectory, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're going to just be back to normal. Everybody go back to your lives. The explosion of of capital investment activity, uh, travel, rest. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I am just like ready to live life. And it's it, it could be amazing. I mean, you could have a feeling of American renaissance right now after being just locked away for a year. What what came what was the decade after the Spanish flu in, uh, the Spanish influenza? Well, what came? That's right, the roaring 20s. Remember? There was parties and music and people living and loving and laughing. And I know I sound like I'm doing a movie trailer, but you get what I'm saying. All they have to do is just stop worshiping at the false idol of Fauciism. And we could all have that. And we could have it. I mean, if, if I were in charge, I would say. For, honestly, if I were Joe Biden and I mean, if I were a Democrat, by the way, I mean, obviously, if I were in charge as Buck Sexton, I'd say um, this is all crazy. No more of this. Vaccinate people. Yes, you're on. Everyone make your own decisions about social distancing and masking. Be as safe as, as you think you need to be. Stay home if you want to stay home. But no more rules, no more mandates. Certainly not at the federal level. I mean, I know he can't control everything in the state, but I would push the states to entirely open up, too. I'd say at a minimum, you got to be as open as Florida at a minimum. Everybody and anyone who's not doing that is absurd. But even if I was Joe Biden, I'd say by May, it's over. America reopens, but they won't because they're crazy. This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. And then it also depends on what you mean by normal. Do you, I mean, what does some form of normality mean? Well, obviously, we have very stringent public health measures in tune now. If you're going to ask is what about getting back to a situation where you can have theaters that might be able to have below capacity, that restaurants, indoor dining can be happening, but with moderately diminished capacity, that's going to be somewhere 
between the fall and the end of the year. If you say, no, 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 wait a minute, I really want to know when it's going to get to as close to normal that you almost don't know the difference between what it was before. Maybe you're going to still have to wear masks. That likely will be, as the president said, by the end of the year, by Christmas. You're still wearing masks till Christmas, this little lunatic says. What? Still wearing masks through Christmas of this year, folks. And let me tell you something. You think they're really going to tell you in mid-December? Okay, everybody, take your masks off. What have I been telling you? If they get their way, you will be under mask mandates in blue states and in federal, federally controlled areas. That means airplanes. That means any federal government property. You will be under a mask mandate until the summer of 2022. That's what we are heading for. I know these cowards. I know these idiots. I know what they're going to do. Now, I'm hoping it doesn't come to that because enough people are just going to say there's basically no real risk of COVID out there. Once enough people are vaccinated, this is crazy. We're not going to do this anymore. The only way this ends is mass public noncompliance. Or you can wait until the summer of 2022. Those are are your options. You can have mass noncompliance or you wait till summer 2022. Basically, let me put it this way. When we get to the point where I can walk through my lobby in New York City and some jackass who watches too much MSNBC who, say, who pulls out his phone and videotapes, who goes, this is Buck Sexton, he's not wearing a mask, he's literally putting lives in danger, until every other person around him would be like, hey man, stop being an idiot, like, he doesn't have COVID, he's probably already been vaccinated, no one's died of COVID in New York, who wasn't over 90 in the last month, like, calm down, until that happens, this keeps going, okay, until that happens, this this continues on. It's just the, na- the nature of the mass hysteria we're going through. And, and notice even what, what Fauci's talking about this. You know, what, what do you mean by normal? I mean, what does normal even mean? You know, it's almost like if you were to ask little Bill Clinton, you're like, hey, what's normal? It's like, I don't know. I mean, for some people, normal is like, you know, staying home on a Friday night, eating a pizza, watching a movie. For me, normal is like, watching one of those all-lady mud wrestling competitions at a bar where they've also got one of those mechanical bulls and all the ladies, I don't know if they've got bikinis on or something, but that's normal. I mean, right? Normal can be a whole bunch of different things. Normal can be uh, whatever you say it is. What we mean is no more lockdown tyranny, no more mitigation mandates, none of this. That's normal. Normal means life the way we lived it, while 50,000 people a year were dying from the flu, and we were like, look, you know, you're going to live your life. No one can guarantee you safety. The flu is out there. Do your best. See what happens. I had a good friend uh, from the media business a few years ago die of the flu. It was a couple of years ago. It can happen. Died of swine flu. You know, but we, we, didn't sh- we don't shut down. I mean, it was a terrible... A tragic story it was a heartbreaking to all the people that knew her really well uh, but you you look at whether society is willing to accept that things like things like flu deaths are going to happen the answer was yes 
But with COVID, we've set up this completely unrealistic expectation that we're going to get to a place where no one has to worry at all about this. And you know how they're going to keep this going? Because the caseload is going to keep going down and down. More and more vaccinations. The caseload is going to go down and down and down. And then you know what they're going to start talking about? The new variants. So what's going to happen, and I, I'm telling you, please listen to me, because I, I, I know that this is, I know that they're going to try this. I don't know if they'll be successful, but as the cases decline nationwide from COVID-19, which is already down, they're already down 70% in, in the last month from the peak. I mean, if this was a stock, you'd be, if you, know, if you had your life savings in, in this as a stock and you looked at the trend, you'd say, oh my gosh, I'm going bankrupt, right? I mean, it's, it's just going down, down, down. And this is great news. Why isn't there more excitement about this? Why isn't Joe Biden, why aren't you seeing people on CNN? The lead story should be COVID cases down 70%, guys. This is great. This is great. We're really moving, we're really moving in the right direction. I, I haven't seen that. I keep seeing stories about how, you know, maybe you got a quadruple mask. You know, maybe you got to put on eight masks. What? Now? We're going to double mask now when cases are down 70% from the peak already? Now they're telling us to do this? They just, they just want to control. They can't help it. Have you ever been micromanaged by a boss? It's one of the worst things that you can go through in employment. It's actually in a lot of surveys. The number one reason that a person will leave a job, it's, it's not the pay. It's not the hours. It's not the work itself. It's their first line manager. The quickest way to destroy somebody's, uh, destroy somebody's will to show up for a job is to just bother them on every little thing, do this, do that, make this change, make that. Just micromanagement is toxic. It's, it's, it's the, you know, it's the, the, the rancid, the rancid piece of, you know, red meat that falls, falls right in the center of your soup from the refrigerator, right as you're about to that's what micromanagement is. You go, oh, man, that's gross. I can't eat this now. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the crusty Band-Aid in your hamburger. There you go. And you just find, you go, oh, micromanagement. I know that was gross. Sorry, some of you are probably eating. Uh, micromanagement is awful. Why do people do it? Why do people do it? Um, there, it, it? There are a few reasons. One is the false belief that one can fully control the another person to the point where you can make them perfect. Parents do this to kids too, right? Parents are hypercritical. Parents are, are just so destructive to kids. I mean, I've seen it. I've been around it. I remember when I was a kid, I had some friends whose parents were just, you know, always on them, always on them. Um, and, and it, it creates it, it, its own real anxiety disorder in a sense, you know, nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's acceptable. But you, if you, they think that if they just keep on poking, if they keep on prodding, if they keep on telling, do this, do this, do this, they'll achieve something better and they'll get credit for it, right? They will benefit from this. That's one reason. But then there's also maybe an even more deep-seated reason for why people like to micromanage, to dictate, to just to make, to make everything about you something they can tinker with and change and alter and fix and just poke and poke and poke. Same reason why people kind of like bullying. People like to tell other people what to do. 
People like power. They like that sense. You do this because, because I, because I say so. You do this because I'm in a position to make you do it. And there, there's an addiction among the Democrat mentality in America, among the collectivist left, the Democrat Party, to make people do stuff. They want to be a part of the team that gets to tell everybody what they can do about everything. And, it, and, it's, and it's a psychological addiction. The same way that bullies, it turns out, like bullying. This whole thing about, oh, bullies are just insecure. And all this. No, bullies like it. And that's why you actually do have to punch them in the mouth sometimes. It's the truth for all the, for all the kids listening. The bullies don't get tired of bullying you. They don't feel bad about it. It actually makes them feel better. They like bullying. They enjoy it. That's why you got to punch them in the mouth. That's why all the dads out there teach your kid. Honestly, if they're not that coordinated or strong, palm strike is a really way to go. Really good way to go as well. I'm just saying my uncle was in law enforcement when I was uh, much younger, showed me we, we practice palm strikes many a time. They don't look at, they don't look as cool. You don't feel as manly. Definitely gets the job done. But anyway, uh, bullies enjoy bullying and people enjoy micromanaging. They 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 like it. They're addicted to it. And these Democrats right now, for people of that mentality who are also in charge, who who like power in the first place, they've just it's like they've been awash in this newfound dictatorial authority. They don't want to let this go. They, they don't want things to go back to normal where you get to just remember the old America, the pre covid America where you still sometimes I mean, your words you can't say and things you can't do. And, but like at the end of the day, you could kind of stick up your middle finger and be like, I'm sorry, this is still America. You know, remember that 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 America has been gone for a year and there are a lot of people who don't want it to come back. And that's what that that's driving a lot of the mentality around covid and the lockdowns because they they they're going to do things like say what's normal. What's normal? That means life before covid. That's what normal means. Fauci, you idiot. We all know what it means. Mask up till the end of the year. This guy's going to try to tell you to mask when COVID cases nationwide are in the month, month to month in the low thousands. It's 330 million people in America. He'll still mark. Here's a prediction. Mark it down. We'll have 10,000 COVID cases in a month uh, and we'll have that on average, let's say June, July, August, which would be, by the way, that would be great that, that the cases have dropped. So cause remember, it has a 99.8% survival rate. So do the math. 10,000 cases. You basically have, you know, one in a thousand people die from COVID. It means you're going to have, a, you know, 10 people a month are going to die from COVID at some. Like that's that is not far off. And I know it's going to feel like a miracle. It's going to be amazing. and I can't wait. We will get there. It will happen. But while that's happening, it's still going to be like, you know, the new variants, the new variants are out there. And, you know, you got a mask in case the new variant is like really new. And like it's like the 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 two, the 2.0 version with all the, the firewire port and all the you know the the bigger screen, more expensive, of course. The new version of the COVID is gonna be, you know, you better special order that one. That's what we're heading for. It's gonna be the new variants. That's what they're gonna tell us. Watch and see. And please get ready to join me in 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 a movement of mass noncompliance soon. I can't tell you when we got to wait for the right time, but there's going to have to be. I'm just not doing this bull crap anymore. I'm just not going to do it. And if you're going to arrest me or find me, you go for it. But I'm just not going to comply. 